Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, a headline that is no surprise to anyone. More than ever, parents are concerned about their teenagers' relationship with their phones. And while, of course, there's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to technology or interaction online, there are some important links between parents, families, and screen time. What are they? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, a new study conducted by the Wheatley Institute at Brigham Young University has found a link between family structure and digital technology use. So what does the study say, and how can families strike a better balance between their teens and the tech that demands not only all of their attention, but all of our attention as well? To help us break all of that down, Brad Wilcox is the Future of Freedom Fellow at the Institute for Family Studies. He's a visiting scholar at the American Enterprise Institute and the director of the National Marriage Project at the University of Virginia. Uh, he also has been published uh, widely on marriage, fatherhood, welfare of children, and a host of other things, and uh, always appreciate his perspective. Brad, thanks for joining us today. Uh, good to be with you today, boy. Uh, so let's take a, a look at this. You had a, a new piece out on teens and tech. Uh, what does the report tell us? Well, you know, boy, I think a lot of us have heard that kids who spend a lot of time online, particularly on social media, are more likely to be suffering emotionally, more anxious, more depressed, more prone to suicide. And what we wanted to do with this new report, working with Gene Twenge and some colleagues, also BYU, including Jenna Erickson, is to explore the angle of family structure and to sort of see, does this story kind of vary by the kind of family that teens are you know, growing up in? And what we find in this new report is that there is a kind of family structure angle here, Boyd. So what we see, for instance, is that teenagers who are in non-intact families, you know, single-parent families, step families, foster families, are about spending, you know, two hours more on uh, digital media of one sort or another compared to teens who are coming from intact families. Mm. Uh, and so, as you as you dig further into that, uh, Brad, tell us what what are those ramifications? How are we seeing that play out uh, for those that are spending again significantly more time online? So one thing we see is when it comes to kind of eating dinner with your family, um, you know, kids who are um, in, in single parent families, especially step families, it looks like foster families are more likely to be using digital media, you know, at dinner time, and, um, and also not sort of spending as much time with, you know, their parents at dinner time. So that's sort of one issue. And then I think probably of most concern, we look at patterns in depression in loneliness and sleep deprivation. Mm. Um, and these are all, of course, key emotional outcomes for our adolescents. And what we find here is just kind of both a story with regards to um, tech use and family structure. So, for instance, when it comes to being depressed, we find that kids who are spending more than eight hours a day, you know, on- online in one way or another, 
um, are about twice as likely to be depressed, um, particularly if they're coming from non-intact families, compared to kids who spend less <coughs> less than eight hours a day, you know, in some kind of uh, uh, screen, and to hail from you know intact families. Um, similar story when it comes to you know sleep deprivation. Thirty-five percent of kids from non-intact families who spend a lot of time online are sleep deprived, compared to just twenty percent of teens from intact families who aren't heavy digital users. So again, there's a story here both about uh, teen tech use and about family stability in this new report. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I think I think those uh, obviously those connections are are so crucial. Uh, that sleep deprivation piece is so fascinating to me. Uh, is there anything else under the numbers as it relates to that? Obviously, uh, we know kids need uh, a little extra sleep as they're developing, as they're growing, as they're dealing with a lot of those stressors and so on. Uh, is there anything else we've seen in the sleep deprivation uh, part of that uh, study in terms of what that is doing and and what happens next? Well, not in this particular report, Boyd, but we do see in the research more generally, as you're exactly right. I mean, our teens just need to sleep as much as possible. And unfortunately, what happens, you know, in many a home, and this, of course, happened in my home too, I've got teenagers, is that, you know, they'll, they'll bring the phone back to the bedroom or a screen back to the bedroom. And then, of course, they're up all night or up for, you know, a substantial part of the night. And then, you know, they're tired. They don't pay attention as well in class. And we do see in the research um, that also kind of losing out on, on that you know, sleep makes our teenage, you know, sons and daughters much more likely to be, you know, anxious or depressed or even suicidal. It kind of mm-hmm. keeps, you know, going night after night. So, you know, um, figuring out ways to kind of ensure that your kids are not spending, you know, time after bedtime online or on screens is, I think, pretty important for us as parents. Yeah. So so talk to me for a minute, Brad, about that, that family structure component and even what are some of the things that families ought to be doing uh, other than throwing the phones away, uh, which I don't think anybody believes is a reality uh, in the connected world. But uh, what are what are some of the structural components uh, that make the that matter the most? And what are some of the things that we can be doing that will have the greatest impact? Well, boy, you know, we're seeing in the media, actually, I think a lot lately, I mean, thinking the New York Times, thinking the Atlantic, other kind of elite uh, venues, is there are a lot of pieces that are kind of coming out where people are kind of talking up divorce, surprisingly enough, and it's just been pretty common the last two years. So I think one thing we have to be really honest about, and they've basically tried to minimize the effect that divorce and family instability has on our kids. I think we have to be pretty clear. Here's just kind of one more um, piece of evidence to tell us that, you know, all things being equal, if you kind of can make your marriage work and you're a parent, you should, you know, you should (laughs) make that effort um, because the research is just telling us here again that kids who are in stable families are more likely to be protected from the downsides of teen tech use. But then I think for all parents, we also see in this kind of report that kids who manage to use uh, technology 
um, on a kind of a lower basis, you know, spending less time online, whether they're from an intact family or a non-intact family, are just doing much better on things like, you know, loneliness and depression and sleep deprivation. So um, I think, you know, one thing that's also a takeaway from this report is that parents should be working with their teens to you know, have expectations around bedtime um, that don't involve, you know, a phone in the bedroom. They should have, um, you know, some agreement with their kid about how much time they're going to spend, particularly on social media. That's the most, I think, pernicious thing uh, we see in the research. Um, and I would also encourage parents to kind of postpone the kind of introduction of a smartphone into, you know, high school um, years rather than before that. And you, know, you can kind of give your kid a gab phone if you need to kind of be in touch with them. That's a simple phone. Obviously, it allows people to use, um, you know, texting and calling, but doesn't kind of connect them to the internet. So those are some ideas that we articulate in the report that help hopefully parents, you know, make wiser, more prudent decisions about how to um, to navigate all of this technology today. Uh, so important. Uh, this is one of those crucial conversations, and it's one of those that as adults, we have to get past the headlines and get down into the, the meat of all of this and see what the impact is. And uh, again, I think that uh, component of intact families is such an interesting uh, component to all of this. Uh, Brad Wilcox, we appreciate you joining us today. Great insight as always, great research. Uh, we appreciate your perspective. Appreciate being on with you, boy. Thanks so much. All right. Again, that's uh, Brad Wilcox uh, and uh, a very interesting uh, study coming out of the Wheatley Institute. And uh, again, uh, Brad, of course, uh, Institute for Family Studies, visiting scholar at AEI, amongst other things. And I think this is so interesting to look at what are the things that are driving in our teens that loneliness, that depression, that anxiety, uh, all of those things that seem to be worse the more time kids are spending on their devices. That part's not surprising. Family structure component to this is really interesting to dig into, and I, we encourage you to take a look at that. Again, great uh, things coming out of the Wheatley Institute uh, as well. These are all things that we have to look at regardless of the state of our family uh, because this is about community uh, and where we can help our children really survive, thrive, and become their very best selves. We'll step aside. We'll be right back. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.